lost who I was while I was using. 22-year-old Morgan Hermanson received an Emily's Hope Treatment Scholarship. She was a couple of years younger than Emily, but knew her from the high school gymnastics team. Well, so freshman year, I tried out, and she was just there. First day I met her, just was encouraging me the entire time. Because like I was scared, you know, I didn't want to fall. I didn't want to fall on my face, like embarrass myself. But she was like, you got this, like just go for it. And she was just like my biggest cheerleader while I was on the team my freshman year. And she was just like, just kind of like took me under her wing. And then I would see her in school and she would always be like, hey, like, how are you? Like, I hope things are doing well. And um, I would sometimes see like some of her art pieces in the art room and she would just like show me some of her art and we just kind of bonded over that. Like when I did see her, it was always just like a warm, fuzzy feeling. And she always would just like make me feel so much better, you know, would just brighten up my day with her smile and just her like goofiness. And we both really enjoyed um, going into the art room and stuff. And so like, it was good to see her and then we would talk. Yeah, so when I found out she ended up passing away, it was just like a heart wrenching to me. And it was just like, what, you know? And then a couple years later, I started using and I didn't realize though how much that actually did impact me, like knowing somebody that um, ended up passing away from using and stuff like that. Like, you know, cause you never think it's gonna be you. Why am I doing this? You know, I knew somebody who ended up passing away from it, but then the thought would go away because it'd just be like, ah, who, like, who cares? Like you're in the moment, it's not gonna be you. But you know, there's been a few times where I thought it was gonna be me. I was close to it. Um, nervous, you know, felt like I was going to have a heart attack. I started using when I got to college. Well, first it started drinking, and then I discovered marijuana, and then I found Adderall, and I really liked that because I was able to sit down and just focus. Um, you know, I would be like, oh, I'm going to use it to study. Huh, I used it to draw all night long. And I would buy like, you know, 10 to 20 pills and they, you know, be like, okay, I'm going to use them, you know, slowly, like whenever I want to go out and party. No, I ended up just being like, I would take those in like two to three days. Um, but I was like, I first was using an excuse like, okay, it helps me with my art. You know, I'm just like, I can't, I can't do this by myself. You know, I didn't have that courage anymore um, to like, keep working on my art because I didn't think I was good enough but I felt like when I was on Adderall like I could draw whatever I wanted you know so I can get it done in one sitting instead of like taking the time to do it and stuff so it'd be kind of rushed I mean it still looked cool sometimes but it wasn't my best work at all and then I discovered um so like I couldn't come when I wouldn't come down off of Adderall like I needed Xanax so I started doing Xanax here and there. Um, and then I discovered Molly and, you know, like one of those party drugs, like, um, we would just like take it and keep drinking on it because you wouldn't really get as drunk, but it felt like you were like still like up in, I don't know, the clouds and stuff like that. Like you just felt really, really good. And when I would drink, I would get really, really sad. So I kind of liked mixing the two together, but then the come down after that would be so bad, I would have to smoke all day long the next day. I kind of started doing a lot of acid, playing with that, you know, 
because I was like, oh, it can help me draw better. It helped me. I can see all these cool things. Like I, going into another dimension, just crazy off the wall type of stuff. Um, just was like, but I, it was like my new normal. I didn't know how to be um, sober at that point. Like I just got into it. It was like my sophomore year of college. It's when I started smoking every day. I started doing Adderall almost every day. I, um, cause I would balance the two out. And then on the weekends, it, like we would go hard with drinking and even during the weekday. So it was just kind of all of a mod podge of everything like mixed together, you know, just trying to live life, you know, but I thought I was in college, so it didn't matter. Right. Like I was just experimenting. No, no way did I think I was going to get hooked on any of it. Like I was like, oh, I'm just trying it. But then you try it and then I was like, oh, that was so good. I just wanted to try it again. But it wasn't as good as it was the first time. So it was just like I was always chasing that high. Um, and I didn't really realize what I was like doing until I decided to like go into treatment, like realizing all I've been doing, you know, these past four years has been chasing a high that I will never get again because it's just, it's not possible. Like it's, you know, so I mean, I was just doing the drugs to do the drugs, like, and mentally I was like drained. Um, the come downs are so bad that I wouldn't come down. Like there was a time where I would just roll on Molly for a couple days just because I was like, I, I don't want to deal with that come down. All, all your happiness is gone. Like you're just a zombie. You uh, like, you just like, you use all that serotonin while you're on the drug and then you don't have any left for the next couple of days. And you're just you're like, you just feel sick. You just are super tired. You're, um, I don't know, you're just like, I, I would get so sad and then I, my brain would lead to some suicidal thoughts. That's how bad like mine would be, you know, cause I would just use all that serotonin out of my brain and I would use a lot, like it wasn't just a small amount, it was a large amount and I never could have enough. I always needed more. So where my friends would be stopping, I would keep going. So this past year before I got help, I started doing a lot of cocaine. Um, and I think maybe, you know, you think it's safe, but you sometimes you can't really tell the difference between meth and cocaine or, you know, so I think there was a few times where I maybe have done meth, but those are the two drugs I said to myself, I'm never going to do. I said if I, if I did meth, I don't think I would have ever been able to quit. I um, was always sick, so I would never go to work. Um, or I would go to work late and leave work early so I could get high. I didn't have the work ethic like I do have now or like how I used to have. I lost who I was while I was using. Mm -hmm. It was, I couldn't look in the mirror. Um, I didn't want to be around my family because like, um, you know, like they would notice or like they would just be like, okay, who is this person, you know? I didn't want to bring them down either, or like worry them or anything. So I isolated a lot and just kept doing drugs because I didn't want to face the fact of what I did or like how I was living life, you know? Um, it got really dark 
for a couple months um, facing, battling, battling death every day. I was like playing Russian roulette. Um, Cause I would, I would do so much. Like, I don't know how I did an overdose. Like obviously God was on my side every time because I would do so much. Like just having that mindset of thinking like you're invincible is just mind blowing to me now because you're not invincible. Like the only way I stayed safe was because I had somebody on my side out there looking out for me. You know, I, I, I'm surprised I'm sitting here today with how much, like, I drank, how I got alcohol poisoning a few times. I mean, you know, I'm surprised I'm in this chair. Morgan's low point came along with a miracle. I thought of killing myself every day. I thought of, um, like, I... Not of how to do it, because I know if I would have came up with a plan, I would have done it. But um, I just didn't want to get out of bed. I didn't want to do anything. All I wanted to do was get high, but I couldn't even get high because I was so tolerant to everything. So I felt like life was just pointless at this point. And um, it was one night. It was uh, so April... April 1st and 2nd, I was up. We were just partying all day long because why not, you know? I was just partying, stayed up, and then that Saturday, I had to go to my parents' house. So the day before Easter, so April 3rd. Um, but the night before I was up, I did like maybe four grams of cocaine, um, was drinking all night long, did a couple Adderall, you know, was smoking some weed, and then my friend was like, did you sleep at all? And I was just like, no. But I had to clean my mom's house the next morning. So, like, I was like, I gotta go. I gotta go to my house. Like, you know, was just determined to get it done because I didn't want to, again, like, not come through with what I said I would do because I don't know how many times I've done that for the past four years. Like, say I would do something and then not do it. So I was determined to go to my mom's house and clean it. Um, So we smoked a couple joints and then I was like, okay, I'm gonna go home. Um, But I made sure that my parents weren't home because I didn't want them to see how messed up I was. But while I was there trying to clean, I couldn't breathe. I was having just like this massive anxiety, panic attack. Like I thought my heart was like literally going to stop. Um, I don't know. Like, I just couldn't breathe, like, and I was trying to clean, trying to do my best, and I was like, God, if I start crying, like, it's gonna just make this so worse. Like, I felt like I was going to, like, just fall down on the ground and just lay there and never get back up. Like, that's what I felt like. And then my parents came through the doors, and I looked right into my mom's eyes, and there was just, like, this heavenly light around her, and then, like, a translucent, like, translucent face of Jesus, like, just staring back at me while I'm looking at my mom. And there's this voice that came out in the back of my head and was like, this is your last chance. Like, you need to do something. Like, that wasn't my voice. Like, it was just this, like, heavenly voice that said, you need to do something or you're going to die, you know? And so I, like, said to my mom, I go, mom, like, come rub my back. Like, can you just, like, I, I can't calm down. Like, I just need you to come rub my back. And... 
I ended up telling her, I'm like, I'm not just smoking weed, like I'm doing cocaine, I'm like drinking almost every day, I'm um, doing acid and Adderall and Molly and all this stuff, like, and I can't stop, I don't know how to stop, and like, I need help, and that's when we decided to call the Avera Addiction Care Center that day, and said like I I need to go to treatment um it was really scary I you know I the next day I kind of regretted it just a little bit because I was mad that I didn't get to smoke as much but that was just me being an addict and just like wanting to you know was like okay no I don't need to do it but it was the best decision of my entire life and if I had to do it again like go back in the past and do it again I would do it and hopefully I would be able to go back, like do it sooner. Nervous about going to treatment because I don't, I didn't have any money because I spent it all on drugs and alcohol. So I was just like, and I didn't want my parents to pay for it because like, this is like, I did this to myself. Like I, I can't just keep like taking advantage of them. And so I asked um, one of the counselors, I was like, is there a scholarship or something? And they're like, Emily Hopes. Like there's an Emily Hope Scholarship Foundation. And I was just like, Emily. And then I saw Emily's picture and I go, Emily, like, oh my God. Like, it was just absolutely crazy because I knew I was doing the right thing while I was in the center, just seeing that picture of her and seeing her artwork around there, just knowing that she was watching down over me, like helping me get through these next steps. and. I literally wrote down on the application, I said, I do not have money to pay for this. I spent it all on drugs and alcohol, and I really want to change my life. So if there's any way you can consider me for this um, scholarship, like I, I will do like my best I absolutely can to do whatever I can give back. It meant the world. Like I wasn't like stressed out about having to pay for it. Um, it was just like, kind of made me realize like, okay, like I, I am more just than a drug addict and an alcoholic. Like I am more um, to people and just them having like hope in me gave hope in myself to like continue on this journey of sobriety because, you know, there's, if I, I feel like if I didn't get that scholarship, it would have just made it like harder and I would have dwelt on it. And I would have just been like, you know what, I'm, I don't care. Like I'm, I can't pay for this, so I'm gonna start using again. But it eliminated that problem for me. Morgan now sees Emily, who always cared about her when she was alive, as her guardian angel. It helped me see like the hope in the future that I will have someday about whatever I wanna be. And I think it was a sign from her, um, you know, keep, keep going. Like I'm sorry that like, I'm here for you. You know, like how I've been there for you. Like I'm here for you. Um, I definitely feel like she's one of my guardian angels, um, pushing me when I don't want to push myself. Um, so yeah, there, there's irony in it, but like, I also find that like a huge blessing, you know? just knowing that she's up there cheering me on, giving me the strength that she didn't have, just giving it to me um, to keep going every day. Even though sometimes I don't want to, but 
just knowing that I have her on my side um, really, really helps. So, But that doesn't mean it's always easy. The hardest thing is just like, um, I'm so... I'm young and all of my friends, you know, they, they can go out and they can, like, they're normal. Like, you know, like they can have a couple beers, glasses, whatever, do whatever normally, but I, I can't do that. Like, I can never have enough. Like, one is too much and a thousand will never be enough for me. So that's probably the hardest thing that I have to accept every single day that like I'm not normal in that sense. Like I have superpowers in other ways, but I'm not normal in that sense. And um, the best thing is just knowing that like I have this whole life ahead of me and I have endless possibilities and so much potential that um, I can almost do whatever I want now, you know, because I am sober today and like realize that I am capable of anything that I want to do and having that motivation back and awareness is really um, the best part of being sober and being in recovery and then you also have like this whole other family too Um, you don't just have your like your own family like you have fellow addicts and alcoholics who are there by your side and they understand like you're not alone because sometimes it feels like you can be really alone. She now relies on her art as an outlet to avoid using again. My art, so, you know, when I get a craving or something or like when I like having a bad day, like I can turn to it and um, just put all of that, whatever I'm feeling into an art piece. Sometimes it can be really ugly and sometimes it can turn out great, um, but it just... It just feels like an extension of who I am. So, and then like putting it out like in, on the paper or on a canvas, um, it just helps me like process through things and stuff like that. So that's why like I really like to do it. It just, I don't know, it just helps me just relax and grounds me back down to earth. Like, you know, I'm not in the clouds anymore. Like I'm not off daydreaming about, you know, using again or, And if I do, like, that's when I can turn to art, you know. And I like flowers, and flowers usually die, you know. So if you draw flowers and paint flowers, they're there forever. Morgan says she will be forever grateful for the assistance she received from Emily's Hope. Like, Emily's Hope gives hope to people, um, especially me in my shoes when I am so young and I don't have that financial stability that others might have and that if like you're considering like you can't go to treatment just because you don't have enough money and just knowing that there's this scholarship there can really help push people to get their butts in there and get help because it's the best decision that you're ever going to do and that's why I'm so grateful for the Emily Hope Foundation and it is close near and dear to my heart just because I knew her too and She's just smiling down on all of us right now. Thank you for joining us. If you like what you're hearing, please hit the subscribe button and consider giving Grieving Out Loud, the podcast, a positive rating and review. You can listen to our episodes on our website, emilyshope.foundation, or wherever you get your podcasts. Wishing you faith, hope, and courage.